Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Welcome back to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast and Frequency. I am your host, Jorge Quintana, and this is episode number three. Today, we're going to be talking about finding your spiritual purpose. If you want to support the growth of the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can rate the podcast and follow on Instagram at the Spirits and Poetry. If you also want to follow my personal Instagram so you can see the art, the poetry that I've been working on, follow me at Jorge Quintana Poetry. And I actually do have a performance coming up at the Intercultural Reflections Poetry and Theater Festival. It's happening April 29th to May 1st. And to find out more about the event and book tickets, you can go to teatroespejo.com and I'll be posting some on my own Instagram as well. So I'm very excited, also very nervous, very stressed about rehearsing for this event. And that's actually what led me to to consider talking about spiritual purpose for this episode. Because, well, I consider poetry, I consider performance, and I consider all that a part of my purpose here. I am here for for this art. I'm here to speak. It just all aligns with what I feel in my heart, in my spirit, is what I'm meant to do here on this earth plane. So that's why I put up the question, you know, how do you find your spiritual purpose? And I think that I I know I've talked about this in past podcast episodes, but now my perspective has changed so much that I feel like I just have a different way to approach and to answer this question. So how do we begin to find, to explore, to narrow down our individual purpose? And so the first thing we have to ask is, what is purpose? And I think a lot of us, when we ask this question, it just feels very charged, right? What is purpose? And in my youth, being younger, and this is me referring to myself a few years ago, I would have said that we all have our own individual purpose, that as a whole, the purpose of humans here on this earth plane is to simply experience life, just to be just to be present here in what we're doing. But at the same time, we would all have this, I guess you can say, a calling, a pull, a, a drive to go or find a certain path that can fill us with the most amount of satisfaction. And oftentimes I would say that the way you find your purpose is if, if you just close your eyes and pretend that Money isn't a factor. And let's pretend that no matter what you decide to do, you will have 100K a year or, or whatever, whatever you need to live comfortably. If money wasn't a factor, what would you be doing right now? And that's the question I would ask. And I would say, well, whatever you answered, that is your purpose. That is what you are here to do, right? Believing that we are all programmed with a specific calling in mind and that the only way you would find happiness is to be participating, to be actively engaged in that calling, and that no other activity, no other path will provide you with the amount of satisfaction that this specific path can do for you. And so I would say that we all have one purpose, or you know, and, and that's the only way we can be happy. That's how I would have answered that before, but... During the past two pandemic years, I would I really have gone through this process of adulting, this process where a lot of my naivete has just been ripped away. And I feel like, I, yeah, I really just adulted. I really just realized, wow, like, you know, at the end of it, there is struggle. It's like why the Buddhists say that we will always suffer in this life because we are full of desires. And so now when I when I think about purpose, I don't think that we all have one path that we have to follow and that if we don't follow it, then we'll never be happy. I don't think it's as black and white as that. I think that when we ask what is purpose, 
it's not a question of what do you need to be doing in order to be happy. It's when you're happy, when you're content, when you're satisfied, when you are actively participating in your life, when you're conscious of yourself and your actions. When you learn to be responsible for your emotions, when you learn to be responsible for your decisions, when you spend less time being afraid to take risk, being afraid of the fact that one day we will all die, and instead you are looking to fill your life with what interests you and what makes you feel excited. When you, when you find all that, what is the work that you will not be afraid to do every single day? When we talk about purpose, we're talking about work, we're talking about effort. Because if you ask me, if you, if you tell me, hey, pretend that money's not a factor, what would you be doing right now? I'd be doing nothing. I'd be chilling all day, playing video games, playing Pokemon Go. I, I don't, I don't want to work. If I'm being honest with you, I don't want to work. And yet I want a job, you know, and, and that's that's the thing. It's obviously we need money to survive. And that's always going to be the thing there weighing over our heads. But I would say that if we're thinking of purpose as a God given, you know, miracle that we receive and then suddenly we never have to work or suffer or struggle again, we will always be searching in vain. You will never find that. And I don't say this to be negative. There, there might be some of you that hear that and say, oh, I'm just, you know, raining on your parade. I'm projecting negativity upon your search and and it's not it's not i'm not saying that oh you'll never find that beautiful blessing what i'm saying is at the end of the day here in this physical world everything will come back down to physical work that's that's what it comes down to that's this is the world we live in and i'm learning that from experience so i'm a poet i'm an artist you know i've, I've been getting into videography although right now i do have uh i guess you can say i do have a limit in terms of like the gadgets the the gear that i have but more than anything it's more of a creative block when it comes to it because at the end of the day gear doesn't matter but anyway, that, that's me about to go into another rant. Let me backtrack. So I'm an artist here. Mainly my art is driven by my poetry. And so if you say, okay, how do you make a living as a poet here in this country? Publishing books is really how you get your name out there. It's how you, especially if you can link up with a publishing company, it's how you get distributed, how you get booked for, uh, you know, readings. Readings is also what's popular performances. You can also then get into workshops, you know, being able to teach people how to write poetry, offer Zoom workshops, in-person workshops, going on tour. Tour is really where artists make most of their money because that's also where you're networking. So as a poet, you know, you need to have that, that name for yourself. You need to have that publishing. If you get published, you really do have credibility. That's what it comes down to as an artist, your credibility. What work have you done? Where has your art been displayed? Where has your poetry been published? Where have you performed? Who knows you as a performer and can vouch for you so that when people are looking to book you, they know that you are going to satisfy the role they want you to, you know, to fill. That's how I got this latest gig at the Intercultural Reflections Festival. It was a director that I worked with in the past put in a good word for me. And when this director that's directing the Chicano indigenous uh, group was looking for performers and poets and, you know, actors, they said, hey, I heard that you're dope. I want, you know, if you're free, I would like you to join. And so, of course, I said, yes, it's a paid gig. It's, you know. It's hard to find paid gigs for performers. And of course, I said yes. And now, as someone who's, you know, been struggling with work, you might think, wow, you must be so excited. You must be, you know, completely thrilled that the fact that you get to perform your own poetry and you get paid for it. And, and for the most part, yes, that is exciting. On the other hand, though, 
This gig requires rehearsal. I have to memorize three poems of my own on top of whatever other poems from other people that I'm interacting with on top of the fact that I'm going to be acting on stage. And this is all going to be a 35 minute set with four people total. And it's a lot of work and I find myself very stressed. And I will I will honestly tell you, it's not like I wake up every day excited to write. Writing to me is a chore. Having to memorize poems is so painful to me. I get so tired, so so frustrated having to repeat the same words over and over and over. It's 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 a frustrating process. It, it almost feels maddening. But when I go on stage and I do it, and, and the crowd quiets down, and I know I'm fucking killing it. And then the applause at the end, that is such an electrifying experience. That's when I truly feel God. That's when I truly feel like, wow, this is my purpose. But in order to get to that applause, it's months of work. And and yeah, I've been preparing for a month for this, but I was even preparing these poems from before. Like I was preparing one of these poems for a Sac State event that I got booked for that ended up getting postponed because of COVID. So, I mean, this is we're talking about for this 10 minute set or so that I had to prepare. This is, you know, a year or so of work, you know, of time that I've had to write, rewrite, edit. So when I tell you, hey, I'm, you know, I'm living my purpose, this is. This is not something like, oh, it's easy. I wake up every day with energy. I write so effortlessly and I never have to struggle. No, it's not like that at all. It's a full-time job. It is a full-time job. And I, I realized this struggle when I took the, the other job I had uh, with the podcaster. Um, I realized, okay, I'm doing all this social media and podcast stuff work for you. But then I also have to do my own. And it felt like I had two jobs at the time. Obviously, one was paying right with the other person and mine wasn't necessarily paying because I do my work for free, right? Because I hire myself. And that's something that we all have to keep in mind when whenever you talk about purpose, it's like it's it's going to be work. And a lot of that is going to be unpaid because before you get to the point in your artistry where people are going to want to hire you, you first must develop the skills to make them want you to make them listen to your craft, hear your craft, you know, see it and think, wow, the way you put that put that together is so professional and beautiful. You know, I've met people that say, hey, my purpose was for me to start my own business and I'm offering, you know, psychic readings to people, even the psychics that offer their readings. That is work because in order for someone to give you an accurate, clear, concise reading, not only do they have to practice and know the tools they are using, they also have to practice and master their interpretation and their way of communicating it in a way that will make most sense to you. And I learned this from uh, one of my previous bosses at the shop I used to work at last year. He would say, hey man, like this is a a full-time job for me and most of this I'm not getting paid for. Like he would say that most of the money he was making was just so that he could break even when he paid me. And this is someone who has their own brand, had their own shop. He's saying, I'm busting my ass just to break even so that I can cover your, your payment for a month. Every single month, that was his goal. And that's how a lot of businesses start. You essentially just try to break even, even out, network, so that eventually you reach a point of stability so that you could then see a profit. And he said, look, anytime I have a profit, any every, any month, I, I don't pocket it. I put it back into the shop because that's what I have to do if I want to grow it. 
So yeah, this episode is a bit of a reality check for you and for me, because that's where I currently am just realizing, okay, I want to find my purpose. Perfect. I spent years searching only to realize, wow, I want to dedicate myself to my art. I want to take it seriously. I want to be a professional performer. I want to be a professional writer. But how can I be a professional performer, a professional writer, if I hate to write? I hate sitting down to write when I'm not inspired. Oh, when I'm inspired, when I feel called to, it's like the poems just fly out of me and it's it something so beautiful comes out and I feel charged and I feel excited and I'm like, yeah, this is it. But when I'm uninspired, it's like trying to pull water out of a dry field and you're just trying to milk it for any little drop that comes out and sometimes nothing comes out. Sometimes I write something and it's just crap. Like that poem I performed in the first episode. Was it the first episode? I think it was. Just like that poem. It was. T- it's terrible. You write something that's just full of cliches and it's just like, ah, it's cringy. But then the second part of mastery as a poet is being able to revisit those pieces and pick out moments that you like so that you can transform those into something beautiful. Or here's the harder part, going back to your previous drafts of poems, of arts, of songs, of something that's just so rusty and so ooh, and then refining it into something beautiful like the sculptures of the Renaissance did. That's the difference between the professionals and the amateurs. And as you embark on your journey to find whatever it is your calling is, whatever your spirit says, hey, this is what you want to do. Why don't you do it? Right. This is what you're meant to do. Don't be afraid of the work. Don't be afraid of the work. And don't, you know, the other part is I remember Stephen Pressfield said this He's like, whatever you're meant to do is the thing that you're resisting the most. I was resisting this podcast episode. I did not want to record it. I'm recording this at almost midnight because I just kept postponing it. And I was like, oh, I'm not inspired. I don't know what I would say. What am I supposed to tell people? I, I'm, I'm also the big change in the podcast is the fact that during the first two seasons or so, I was approaching it like a teacher, like I'm supposed to teach you something. I'm supposed to save you. I'm supposed to take all this knowledge I'm synthesizing and then put you on to help you better yourself. I guess it was a bit of an ego trip to where now my perspective is very much so, man, I am struggling. If you're struggling, you know, just know you're not alone. It's it's approaching it not as a teacher to student, but as a student to student. Because also I, on my spiritual path, I I, I don't want to say that I've fallen off, but I've greatly changed my approach. I am no longer this thirsty seeker of knowledge. I'm more practical. You know, I don't need to look in the Tibetan Book of the Dead to to confront my fear of death. I just need to cry sometimes, you know, watch a good movie where, you know, the main character dies. weep, maybe hug my dog, you know, tell my parents I love them and just realize, hey, I'm, I'm not permanent and, and that's OK. And that doesn't mean I accept death by any means. But if I can say that to myself every day, I think I'm going to reach something beautiful by the end of it all. And for you, whatever you're doing, the best advice I can give you is to pay attention to what you're resisting. Pay attention to what you're putting off. And that's the hard part. Ooh, I just recording this episode, just even thinking about the fact that I didn't want to record this. It just feels like, ah, like I don't even want to say it. I feel like this clog in my throat or like the fact that I got this performance in three weeks. And man, I'm rehearsing so little. Like I have uh, one of the people I'm performing with. His name is Ike and he is such a beautiful professional like that 
that man gets on the stage and he fucking owns it. He's memorized like thousands of his own poems and he writes, he, he pushes, but he will write like, I, I remember he said something about the fact that he writes like 2,000, 3,000 words a day. And then when he's getting ready for performances, he pushes it and he pushes himself to get to 4,000, 5,000 words a day. He just writes. When I see him perform, I see uh, uh, a master samurai, you know, with his sword and the way he owns that stage. And it just shows me, wow, I have a lot of growing to do. And it's not that he's more talented than me. It's not that he's smarter than me. It's not the fact that, you know, he has more material to work with. It's the fact that he trusts his craft. He trusts in himself and he believes, yo, this is what I'm meant to do and nothing's going to stop me from doing it. I used to think that that kind of hunger was something you either had or you didn't. And if you didn't have it, you would never have it. But that's not true at all. It's not hunger. You know, maybe Ike would call it hunger. Maybe there's people that say, no, that's hunger. That's that raw desire and that that mindset that nothing's going to stop you. But to me, that is the product of of you doing the same thing every day. That that is what happens when you aren't afraid of repetition, when you aren't afraid of routine, when you aren't afraid to hold yourself accountable. So how do you find your purpose? You hold yourself accountable and you got to do it every day. And that doesn't mean that that whatever you, you know, you say, OK, let's say uh, your purpose is to play a sport. That doesn't mean that you automatically have to go pro. You know, whatever your purpose is doesn't mean you have to automatically soar to the highest heights in it. It's good that you want to. It's good if you want to. It's good to have that desire to be the best in whatever you want to do. But I guess this is just me learning as my body breaks down and I can't play soccer with the same intensity that I used to, you know, accepting limitation, accepting that finding satisfaction is not the same as being the best in a given field. So what is purpose? To me, purpose is the work that you do every single day, the work that challenges you because in order to find that, you got to grow. And the way you grow is to be uncomfortable. You got to be uncomfortable. You got to push yourself out your comfort zone. So what happens if you live without purpose? I think that that's like a big question. That That's something that's really been weighing on me. Because to me, if you live without purpose, it's kind of like that Martin Luther King quote when he, when he talks about how if you, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in what you're doing, you are, you are easily fooled by whatever people tell you. Men without purpose are the type of men that become abusers, the type of men that become porn addicts, the type of men that become drug addicts. You know, I see a lot of men without purpose and I'm specifically talking about men because, well, that's the gender I mostly feel close to. But, you know, I see men without purpose and it just feels like an empty shell. Of course, there's women without purpose, there's people without purpose, but I, I mainly focus in on the masculine. I feel like the masculine, without a strong sense, uh, without a strong identity or being attached to an identity, an idea, a dream, just becomes the most destructive thing in the world. It's like an atomic bomb. And I say this is I've had friends who were drug addicts. I've seen friends go through withdrawals. And it's it's when you see people without purpose, it is uh, it is a heartbreaking thing. I remember myself without purpose. There was a time I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. Oh, I wish I could give that boy a hug. I wish I can go back and just tell myself that, you know, he didn't need to believe in anything because I believe in him and I still believe in him because guess what? He's still there. It's like, I just watched the Watchmen show on HBO. Oh, man, it's a beautiful show. But uh, in it, it really challenges the way we see the past, the present, the future as separate things instead of something that's simultaneously happening. Like I am simultaneously here recording an off podcast episode and I am also simultaneously 15 years old fucking going through it. So let's ask this question. Can you find happiness if you don't have a purpose?
I, I believe you can. I believe that it doesn't matter what you do or don't have. At the end of the day, you know, there's no such thing as a path you follow that that limits what you can feel, what you can be, what you have to believe or not believe in. But you need something. I feel like we all need to believe in something. And I think that's why religion is very popular in the world. I feel like religion gives people that kind of sense of satisfaction in a world where, I mean, we're like cogs in a machine. There's a reason why, you know, this this country is simultaneously capitalist and also a place where even though there's quote unquote freedom of religion, all these politicians are like, what? What? they're not they're not Catholic. They're Christian. They're like um, Protestant. I forget what their specific sect is called. But have you noticed that? There's simultaneously the separation of church and state, but every single like senator, you know, like representative has some form of religion, mainly Christian. They all talk about God. God. So, you know, so help me. God is like part of the I think um, I think the, the presidential oath. They swear on a Bible or whatever spiritual book they believe in, mainly the Bible. There hasn't been a Muslim president yet. You know, there's a reason why religion is very popular. The system that that can give you that that faith, right? You believe in something. You have to believe in something. And so, if you're listening to this, and you know you're you're struggling to commit to yourself, to your art, to your craft, whatever it is, you you just need to believe in you. You need to believe in in, in something around you, something that you can hold on to when things get tough, because things are tough and things are going to continue to get to. You know, struggle is not going to go away. Poverty is not going to go away. It's not that I don't believe this world can change. I believe this world can change. I believe this world can become a paradise. This world is already a paradise. Remember the past, the present, the future are happening simultaneously. Simultaneously, this planet is ending in Armageddon and it is paradise. It is Eden. And you know, I'm also here still, you know, recording this podcast episode. All of this is happening simultaneously. You know, this is a fact that used to drive me crazy. The fact that time doesn't exist, that time is just a loop, that all things are happening at once. But I think that's beautiful in a way. You know, there's a a future version of me who is struggling to deal with the death of my dog. and, And it's beautiful that I get to hold her for him, you know. But in this universe where anything is possible, where infinity is so blatantly, you know, in front of us and around us and things are just so undefinable, it is powerful to be able to hold on to something. And to me, that is purpose. The thing that you can hold on to, to, to bring you calm, to bring you center. Purpose is that which you can hold on to, believe in every single day. And it's going to get tiring. It's going to get repetitive. It's going to get frustrating. But no matter what, you still have it with you. It's the work you're not afraid to commit to. And when you find that, you got to work hard to keep it. It's not a given. It's not something you just find and, ooh, you know, yippee for me. You're going to be tested on it. This, whatever you desire, whatever you feel your purpose is in this world, you will be tested on it. And it's not that the universe is evil and wants to take it away. It's how can you know that something is worth having, that something is a treasure, if you are not in any risk of losing it? That is how you truly value something. That is how you truly value what you have. And that is how when you find your purpose, that is how you keep that fire about you to continue to grow it. That is how the amateur performer becomes the master samurai on stage. That is what I'm after. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance this is what you're after as well. So just know, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I believe that what you're doing is beautiful and it is needed in this world. And how could I know this? Because I feel it in my heart. Thank you for listening to this talk. Peace, love, and blessings to you all. New episodes will continue to be released every other Sunday. So I'll see y'all next time. Much love.